Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, Sean Clayton. And welcome to Schooled with a Professor. We're going to stay on the West Coast and kind of keep you updated on this National Football League, which we're now into week four. And it's such a different type of league. And joining us from the SB Nation, my buddy Bill Williamson. And so, Bill, it's like, uh, you know, here in Seattle, and I'm sure probably in the same place down in Vegas and maybe to a certain degree with the Rams, all the West Coast teams and all the teams in the league, people are complaining about their defense they want their defensive coordinators fired they want their Uh starters benched it's like have people not understood that this year we are seeing some of the craziest offensive numbers we've seen and i know andrew siciliano put this out uh, this week that uh you know we've seen now since the uh, 1961 afl with scoring yardage passing everything else yeah i mean it's just it's something had to give right I think we thought we were going to see a lot of sloppy football play on both sides, but it's more on the defense, like you said, and, and it makes and it makes sense. And John, when do you think it's going to start to even out a little bit? Maybe week five, six? Does it ever even out? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's going to. I mean, it'll. The defenses will catch up to a certain degree, but and again, you know, you have the fortune of covering two teams, one in the AFC, one in the NFC. You know, you cover the Rams and you cover uh, the Vegas Raiders, and so in the NFC, I think it's going to continue all year. And the reason I say that is that uh, you know you've got twelve quarterbacks making twenty-one million dollars or more. Now you have Nick Foles. Rep- Placing Mitch Trubisky. So in the NFC, there's very few breaks. And of course, I mean, Seattle and the NFC West teams, they get the advantage of taking advantage of that because, you know, they've got the young quarterbacks in the AFC East and the NFC East where all the other divisions don't. And so, you know, you look in Seattle, of course, they're ready to carve up anybody on the defensive side, but you've got, you know, the Packers giving up 28.3 points a game. You've got Dallas giving up 29 points a game. I mean, it's amazing to think right now that, uh, you know, in the NFC, I don't think it's going to lighten up. I think right now the quarterbacks have such an edge. So the Packers are 3-0 and and averaging almost allowing 30 points a game. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 I think and, that, and to win, that, they've had to average 40.6 points a game. Yeah, yeah, that's your that's your example right there. I mean, like you said, I cover a lot of Raiders, and the, the Raiders are two and one, but they've give, they've given up ninety points. They've scored eighty eight, um, and if they don't keep scoring, they're not going to win any games. Mm-hmm. They're going to have, to, and their two wins that they scored thirty four each, and they're going to have to get over thirty, I think, to win. Yeah, and it's like it's because you know from as far back as we've been covering it. I mean, you know, there's always that silly notion that ended back when Peyton Manning and Tom Brady took over that defense wins championships, and we knew that was outdated because then it's quarterbacks that win championships. Defense and running games can get you into the championship game, but it's the quarterbacks who win you the championships. And now, uh, you know, we're we're seeing a year that uh, we've seen maybe occasionally. We saw it with New Orleans. We saw it with Indianapolis. Where it's like, I mean, you can be giving up so many points and so many yards per game, but it's the quarterback that can get things right. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've always described that theory. You have to have a great quarterback to have a shot. Now, there's been there's been a few, you know, variations from that, but you're in pretty good shape if you have an elite quarterback. No question about it. And of course, again, the, and of course, you, you when you look at the Rams, I mean, and again, here's here's a Buffalo team that was at home. 
pretty good defense, right? Had the game 28-3, mm-hmm. to three, and the next thing, the, the Rams take the lead, and then Josh Allen, who's now probably one of the most improved players in football this year, has to rally and get the victory right at the very end. Yeah, great game. Early contender for game of the year. I'm sure there'll be others. Um, I kind of think the Rams are, <clears throat> excuse me, are going to hang around for a while. I kind of like what they're doing. Yeah, I do too because again, I, I, I missed I missed the boat on them early because you know the first two games they came out of the box and they were much better on defense with a defense that you know there's only four players I could even name you know Aaron Donald uh, certainly Jalen Ramsey Michael Brockers you know Vic Rapp of course uh, played up at University of Washington I can't even name the other seven. Yeah, and some of those linebackers are playing pretty well. <clears throat> there's work in progress. Brandon Staley, they're. Uh, Defensive coordinator, he was a, a Vic Fangio a protege. He's doing a pretty nice job as uh, Wade Phillips' replacement. Nick Faye's got the offense on point. You know, I think the running game, the Rams are averaging something like 39 rushes a game through three games. And last year, they averaged 25. And there's you know, all these questions about the post-Todd Gurley Rams. Well, they're running the ball more. Well, it just significantly. Seemed- yeah, it, it seems to me that, uh, you know, Sean McVay was kind of struck negatively by that Super Bowl loss to the New England Patriots, and I think he kind of struggled all last year. Now, he to me, At the way he's calling it, he's even more top fine. of the What's that? At 32 years old, he'll be fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you know, he's at the very top of his game right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that guy. I really am, and if you look at the Rams' schedule, it's... Giants at Washington at 49ers and then Chicago at home. So they can easily, you know, be five and two after going into November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you the other thing, because I know I, I did a little bit of this kind of grading the quarterbacks uh, from the last five drafts, four or five drafts. And, you know, I think as great a numbers as Dak Prescott has been putting up and as bad as Carson Wentz has been this year, I'm saying of that uh, that draft, 216 draft, that you know, right now the edge goes to Jarrett Goff as far as who's playing the best this year of the three quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I mean, he's well coached, like we talked about, and he's just he's just solid. I don't think he's going to screw up too much. I think it means a lot to him. I'm not saying it doesn't mean a lot to the other guys you mentioned, but I think yeah, I think they're in pretty good shape with him. The Wentz thing is just another example how. Quarterbacks can just you just they can just turn so quickly. We've seen that in the last six, seven, eight years. You know, guys are playing great, and then all of a sudden, what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing and that I, I think is so unique. Answer. Yeah, it, what's so unique is that uh, you know there. You, and we watched it a couple uh, times last year with when you don't have enough people to produce. Like for example, I mean, all Aaron Rodgers had was, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham, who was not doing much and uh, Devonte Adams, who was about his only named receiver. And, you know, they didn't add to that. And yet now he comes out and Aaron's on a mission. He was averaging 40.6 points a game, which is incredible. Uh, but then you look at the Carson Wentz. I mean, he didn't have much at wide receiver this last year, and then you know the receivers that he's had. I mean, Alshon Jeffries is hurt, Jalen Rager is hurt, uh, all those all those guys, and then they got four starters on the offensive line that are on injured reserve. I mean, they're they're cursed. Right? Do you think the Rams GM back? You know, every minute, but maybe somewhere back of his head is a little embarrassed by picking well. 
because, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is basically looking at him and smirking at him every week, you know, and if only that, that pick could have gone somewhere else, another receiver, help on the defense, which is badly needed. But clearly, Aaron Rodgers is still a, a quarterback who's going to be your quarterback for a while. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I was overly critical. I mean, very critical of both Green Bay and Philadelphia because this was considered to be the best second round draft we've seen in ages. You know, because the second round talent really went all the way not only through the third round, for the beginning of the fourth round for good players that you can get. And so to trade up to number one for Jordan Love, who was not going to play this year unless there's an injury, and then if you're you know, taking Jalen Hurt in Philadelphia and taking away from a position player that you needed, I thought those were bad moves. And both teams right now are paying, oh, Green Bay isn't because of Aaron Rodgers, but uh, you know they could have got a wide receiver in Green Bay. They didn't do it. Uh, they could have got somebody in the secondary, but uh, in or on the defensive line, but I just kind of shake my head at those two moves. Yeah, it's really um, those kind of those those moves that on draft night when you're like, that's really weird. They usually stay weird, don't they? They mm-hmm. usually become a a bad deal. No, I agree because uh, you know because what ends up happening is sometimes I think you overthink things because oh, the first yep. thing you knew happened because you know uh, Aaron Rodgers went through this with Brett Favre once they took uh, Aaron Aaron Rodgers and I still remember vividly you know calling Ted Thompson the general manager on Friday and telling him before the draft I say I'm telling you this right now if Aaron Rodgers gets past the ninth pick in the draft he's coming to you. And so it wasn't like intent that they took Aaron Rodgers and uh, to irritate Brett Favre, but he then called a meeting with the staff, and they basically because what happened from like ten to twenty-two or so, there was nobody who was going to take a quarterback. And so uh, yeah. here's Aaron, here's a Hall of Famer falling to you with the twenty-third, twenty-fourth pick. Yeah, that was that was an amazing uh, that was an amazing draft for me. Uh, that was I was in Denver, and that was the Maurice Correct draft uh, by Mike Shanahan, the very last pick of the first day of the draft, which, you know, you think you're going to wrap up about 9 o'clock, and now you're writing about 1 o'clock. And that didn't work out so well either. No, it really didn't. Let's switch gears and talk a little bit about the Raiders. It's like, uh, you know, again, winning the Carolina game I thought was pretty predictable. I mean, that was a great win that they had over uh, New Orleans. Uh, Where do you kind of, and of course, not a good performance last week, but where do you kind of put the Raiders right now? Well, I mean, bottom line, they're two and one. We talked about the defense. Um, they're going to need good offensive play. The Bears have a formula to win, and it's get the ball to Darren Waller a lot. Have Josh Jacobs run the ball down throats and, and, and eat clock. And, and that makes Derek Carr at his best because he's more comfortable. But when that's not working, Derek Carr has to try too much, and it doesn't quite work out that way. And, and then he gets fumbled. He gets sacked twice and loses fumbles twice. Once in the end zone. They just, I mean, it, it's very predictable. If they can't get Waller and, and Jacobs going, and they usually do, they're going to struggle offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Buffalo at home this week, and then they play at Kansas City next week. Oof. And I, they really need to win one of these two games because they got the bye week after that. And I don't think it, nobody wants to be – Two and three at the bye after starting two and zero. I mean, is it the end of the world? Excuse me, no. But they really need to win one of these games against quality opponents. Yeah, no doubt. Two and zero opponents. 
Yeah, no doubt. That's the thing that I also find interesting. It seems like, uh, you know, how, how's the roller coaster ride with the relationship and evaluations of uh, John Gruden on uh, Derek Carr? You know, there's always going to be speculation. And every year there's been speculation, heavy speculation. And I, it's very simple, maybe not a sexy answer. But if Derek Carr plays well this year, and he has in two games, in his own way, you know, efficient, he plays well this year, he'll be the quarterback next year. If not, if the Raiders don't make the playoffs, and it's a big reason it's him, they'll get somebody else. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because uh, yeah, but you can see there's pressure on him. How does how does Derek respond under the pressure? I don't know. He he's been taken because he's a very nice guy. He really is a nice human being. This year he's been trying to act a little chippy on his shoulder and you know calling people out a little bit and saying he's sick of being tired of being disrespected. He said that twice and he's getting a little getting a little chippy and i i don't know if that works for him you know i I don't think that's his i think he's uncomfortable doing that so he should probably just be a nice guy and and, and focus on his play Mm -hmm. now i know the one thing that john gruden was kind of skeptical of uh last year was the fact that uh, in certain games Derek just doesn't get the ball downfield how's he doing so far it looks like he started out okay but how is he on getting the ball downfield well you know henry Ruggs has been hurt for about half the season so far and that first quarter against Carolina, they went deep to him twice, and they hit on one. And so he hasn't been there. Um, so it kind of takes a – they haven't been able to do their whole offensive play where Ty- Tyrell Williams is out. But I don't know if Derek Carr is going to be a, an effective deep ball thrower on a regular basis anyway. I mean, that's why Darren Waller gets so many catches because he's a bailout guy, you know? And Darren, Darren Waller is very good, but that's what Derek Carr likes. And, you know, you know, a lot of people think that John Gruden's offense is, is a dink and dunk when you get down to it anyways. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of the times Henry Ruggs is going to be – they want him to be Tyrell, Tyreek Hill, but if he could be a good decoy at times too, they'll be happy with that. Does Derek still have that tendency to want to check down? Yeah, I think so. I think we saw it a little bit against uh, – the Patriots. Hey, you know what, John? This is his seventh year. He's 29 years old. He is what he is. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think he's going to get, you know, any worse other than age, of course. And I don't think he's going to get substantially better either. I think he is what he is. I think a lot of people I've heard compare him to Alex Smith. And I think that's in play style. You know, short passes, done so many interceptions, <clears throat> but leaves a lot of yardage and, and, and points on the field because he won't take many gambles. I get that, and that's a good comparison. He kind of reminds me, in the big picture, not necessarily play style, but the big picture of Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Second-round pick, started for a long time, You know, was the face of the franchise for a while, and, and, and then just kind of, it was what it was. He was probably average to a little average at his, at his best, and that's what you're going to get. Yeah, pretty interesting. Now, where, where are the Raiders on defense? How good is that defense? Oh, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. Nobody's making plays. Um, and, you know, they brought in Malik Collins, defensive tackle from Dallas, on a one-year deal. And Gruden, who, known to exaggerate, you know, saying he's gonna, he's the key to the defense. He's a, you know, he's a monster. He has three tackles in two games. Excuse me, has two tackles in three games. 
I know that's not end all be all stat for defensive tackles, but he's not getting any penetration. He's not getting any not, not disruptive at all. Corey Littleton paid him twelve million dollars a year for three years to be a starting linebacker. He had success with the Rams. Well, he doesn't have Aaron Donald in front of him anymore, and we're and we're seeing that. Uh, he's just not getting nearly the tackles that he that he, now again it's early, and like you said, defenses are at a you know disadvantage, but. I just we don't see any playmakers on this defense yet. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so how do you kind of size up the second? Who who's going to end up being the second best team in the AFC West? Well, I think it's going to be the Raiders because I mean they're, they're pretty banged up, but you know the Broncos are just toes. Oh. Um, and Chargers they just keep getting a new injury every week, a new substantial. What they got five starters on the IR. Um, I think the Raiders will be, you know, second place in the AFC West, and I can see them vying for a wild card spot because there's seven now. So I can see them getting to nine wins. But again, they got they got to stick to that formula on offense that works for them. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, how much fun has it been, uh, you know, kind of working with and kind of following John Gruden? Oh, he's you know what uh, he he's doesn't take himself too seriously. He's very he's, you know great quotes. Yeah, he's, um, you know, I've known him a little bit for a long time. And he's just, yeah, he's fun. It's never, ever dull. Mm-hmm. You know, you know on draft night anything can happen, you know, in free agency or if somebody comes up in a trade, you know, like Antonio Brown. The Raiders are always going to be a, a possibility. Interesting. What you know, the- cut down day. Cut oh. down day is busy as hell, you know, because he's doing stuff. No question. So, and now, of course, the one story that came out this week because there's videos of it, uh, the several, uh, I don't know how many Raider players were caught at some function not wearing masks. And, uh, you know, I know the league and the Players Association are investigating it, but it will be a team decision if there's going to be any sanctions on any of the players. What do you see happening there? I don't get the sense that there's anything going to be major. Maybe they got fined. Maybe they got warned. They talked to, you know, Gruden, Mayock, and the training staff talked to the players. There's about nine or ten of them, uh, including Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. It was his event. Jason Witten. Um, so, yeah, there, I mean, there's some key players there. Um, they were photographed a lot and videotaped a lot without their mask. You know, and there was, nobody seemed to be wearing a mask in this public you know, event. Or a private event, but you know, in, there's there's a lot of folks there. So, you know, Derek Carr and John Gruden were basically yesterday like, "Hey, this is kind of taken away from Darren Waller's foundation. He made a lot of money. We're sorry that it happened, but let's focus on the the money made." It was pretty much the kind of the tone. Um, Derek Carr said, "I think we've done a fantastic job following guidelines." Well, you know, I, I think some people wanted to see a little bit more apologetic. Um, I mean, they're going to move on. It's going to be – going, but they can't. You know, John Gruden got caught in week two. He's one of the five coaches. He's got a $100,000 fine. The Raiders got fined 250000 And then they have this, and this is the kind of the first public, you know, outing in the NFL during the season. So the Raiders guys got to be careful from, now, from here on out. Okay, so Bill Williamson from the Bleacher Report. How can we uh, follow you, and what other things do you have kind of coming up? 
Actually, uh, SB Nation. Or SB Nation, and, uh, I'm sorry. Yes, SB Nation. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I've moved around a lot. I know. I'm very happy at uh, SB Nation and been there for a while. And, yeah, it's going well. And uh, Silver and Black Pride and Turf Show Time. Those are the Raiders and Rams sites. And appreciate you having me, John. Okay, Bill. Hey, thank you so much. And that's Schooled with the Professor. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.